Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. We are out here again with a podcast from the road and super excited to keep you guys up to date and in the loop on the Till Trip. I still haven't came up with a better name yet. So, <laughs> um, And joining me today, I have Tim from Iowa and John again. So how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing good. Great. Awesome. So, Tim, you got any suggestions for a better name? Uh, let's not say we're in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's an Elliot answer right there. Yeah. yeah. I think Elliot would be proud of that answer. That's probably true. I think he we're in Nebraska be. this week. That's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. <laughs> the Nebraska tilt trip. There, there we go. go. Midwest. <laughs> awesome. Yep. So, uh, before we jump into it, guys, um, just a reminder for anyone who's jumping on the first one, this is the second episode in the series for the till trip and we're doing these on the road and we're actually here in our airbnb chilling after day two of hunts and we're going to be giving you some updates talking about um what we've experienced maybe some lessons learned from the openers and um yeah we'll go from there so stay tuned for that but first let's get a quick word from our partners first off to like to give a big thanks to onyx guys onyx is an awesome application for duck hunters and it just helps you and Finding permission if you're on public land. It also helps you know the boundaries and all that good stuff right there in the palm of your hand. So make sure to check them out, guys, uh, at Onyx. Also like to give a big thanks to FA. Um, Final Approach uh, is an awesome partner for me and Elliot. Um, for our duck hunting, they are the one-stop shop for a duck hunter. They got A-frames. They got camo. They got decoys. Everything that a duck hunter could use, they have right there all at one, one place. So check them out. Also like to thank Tetra. Tetra is um, a great option for hearing protection. And John loves them as well. So Yeah, when you remember to put them in before the shooting starts, they work great. Yep, yep. I remind you this morning. I, I, yep. I myself am getting into the habit. Just started using them last year. Um, but it's something that I've dedicated myself to uh, trying to do better with. You know, it's hearing. You can't get it back once you lose it. At least not yet. Maybe, they'll, maybe someday they'll come up with right. some technology. But right now... Uh, you can't, and I know even from my limited time hunting without hearing protection, um, you can already see some some uh, effects of that. So I want to stop that, nip it in the butt. Uh, but like I said, Tetra Hearing, they have uh, a, a great solution for that problem uh, with the technology they have on it. It, it uh, doesn't take away from the experience. You can still hear everything you need to, but when the guns go boom, it... Uh, cuts out the sound right when you need it so check them out guys tetra hearing also like to give a big thanks to motion ducks motion ducks the decoy spreader is a jerk rig on steroids and um, it gets that motion in your set especially when you have those weary birds later in the season and you need that motion so check them out guys and use go use code duck gun 10 for 20 percent off actually it's duck gun 2020 for 10 percent off with motion ducks Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump into the podcast. So first off, like I said, Tim, thanks for joining us for the podcast today. Yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, 
came over here and made the trip. Oh it's, yeah. It's been fun so far. So yeah. A little impromptu to have you on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, you didn't know you're going to be on today. I had no idea. <laughs> so I, I wanted to have you on at some point, but it was kind of convenient today. We've been uh, hunting. Now you came back to the Airbnb with us. We're going to grab some grub later on, but um, yeah. So, uh, you know, just yeah. do you listen to the podcast much, or what's your experience with it? Yeah, so I found you guys, uh, it was probably two years ago now. Okay. I, was, I drive for a living, and so I get bored with music and Googled on iHeartRadio some uh, Duck Gun podcast, and it awesome. popped up, and so yeah, since then. Good deal. Been listening pretty regularly. Awesome. Hey, go ahead and move your mic just a little, little bit closer to your mouth there. Is that better? Uh, yeah, I think so. Should I eat it? Oh, no, no, <laughs> not too far. There we go. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. So let's let's just hear a little bit about you and, and your Iowa duck hunting. I know it's a, it's a little bit different than uh, what we experienced, and we kind of talked about that on the first podcast, the differences and the habitat we normally see and all that. But, um, you know, I just feel like you guys really have a, a really cool setup. So I know – we don't want to hotspot Iowa. We don't want to hotspot your area. So I'm going to leave it at your discretion as what you talk about. Um, but, yeah, just kind of fill us in on, on that. For sure. Um, I would say here in this area, we're pretty lucky. I mean, as far as we have a lot of refuges for the ducks, and so that just obviously adds to the duck number kind of in this area, whatever. Um, but it's a lot of marshes. We have a lot of opportunity for just – ducky habitat here um which is good and bad with being marshy uh you deal with a lot of competition early so uh we kind of got a taste of that today so yep it is what it is but yeah i mean i guess we're more spoiled than i thought until we (laughs) talked to you guys but yeah yeah uh i don't know it's we get a wide variety of species here which is kind of cool, and that's definitely due to the river, obviously. So oh, yeah. It kind of helps us. Yes, one thing that I guess I was surprised on, and um, it's different everywhere, you know, the amount of pressure and the, the amount of space. Um, but on opener, I mean, there was, uh, what, like 17, 20 boats in the parking lot? Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah, and yeah. that was, for me, that's crazy. So <laughs> Yeah, for a teal opener. <laughs> yeah, a teal opener, that's just crazy. I, I don't. I mean, I wish Elliot was here to kind of to get his perspective on like Central Flyway, like what kind of pressure you got. But um, and maybe it's just the amount of space you have and the amount of people is less there, so it it takes away some of that pressure. But um, there was quite a bit of pressure kind of for for the opening day out there. Yeah, I feel like in this area, people chomp at the bit a lot sooner than like people hear Teal Open or other places, and they hear us midnight running for that and kind of chuckle but yeah you guys uh, use that like a term like everybody should know what you're doing yeah you i say never heard that till like midnight running oh, okay uh so midnight running around here i guess I f- did you coin the term or is it something so. that everybody I mean, else says I, it's pretty common to hear around here um if i say it to anyone around here they know what i'm talking about um so if we are in anywhere that is federally owned or has like a refuge with it connected we are not allowed to be in the water till midnight so that's where the mm. term midnight run comes from is uh, as soon as it hits midnight, it, depending on how many boats are there, you just tear off and race to your spot. Yeah. Um, luckily, we're not dealing with an area that you have to be waiting till midnight this weekend. Um, so like, what was it? Wednesday night, I was in the water by 11 
and there was boats not too far behind me out there trying to claim spots. Yep. So, uh, yeah, just midnight runs, basically get in the water at midnight and tear off and sleep in your boat. Sure. Yeah. That's uh see when we say it, we just say, I'm going to sleep at the spot. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> because we don't have a certain time that right. it's cut off. I think that's where yeah, you get so, that. Yeah. So it comes basically just any basically marshy areas federally owned around here. Sure. So, so only the federal state you can be in. As long as it's a navigable water like the Mississippi, sure. you can be in as long as the decoy is not touching the water. Okay. Decoy touches the water, then you're breaking the law. And what and what time is the decoy? Midnight, Midnight for a decoy? The, yep. You can have, because technically you could say you're, I guess, fishing in the river, even <laughs> though you're in a marshy area, I guess. Okay. But yeah. So. Yeah. And then you talked about, you, you told some of this off air. We obviously had a lot of questions. Um, being duck hunters and your duck hunters and your group and mm-hmm. all that and it's like back and forth it's like you know, what can you do with this and that and and you're telling us about uh you know when that midnight time comes you know uh you got to have the fastest boat to win right <laughs> yeah uh that would be part of the reason why apparently i'm in debt right now because uh <laughs> yeah if you uh if you don't got a fast spot in some of these areas you're kind of sol so uh, that was definitely the uh, the purchase for the mud buddy there. So nice. Yeah, it's basically get out of the way or get ran over. So you better be fast. <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, I mean we're we're almost spoiled because like our group we have um with boats like John you have an outboard yeah um, I have a long tail twenty three horse uh, and it's like none of us have like. Uh, I, I've seen one Excel or have it boat in person in my entire life. <laughs> so I've seen them. I've seen them like yeah, yeah. I've seen them around different places, but not our area for sure. Yeah, they are very common up in this. I mean, our group alone. What do we have three, three of them today. We yeah, have it in two. We've Excels. had three every day. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, do you have any more in your group? Is that it? Uh, no, we Bobby have a has more. like a dozen, right? <laughs> right. Uh, no, we got a couple more guys. Um, they're kind of like the second tier group i'll hunt with sure do they know they're on the b squad or yeah (laughs) we call each other if we're struggling basically (laughs) that's about it yeah i think every hunting group has that right but uh no we definitely there's like three more of them that we go and rip around that's that's just crazy it's different it's a different uh uh, culture almost here compared to like what we experience, and I yeah. think that's just the amount of access you have and the amount of hunters in our area. It's like we have fields, and it's almost like competition, which I know it is with everybody every, everywhere else. Right. But like, um, yeah, it just has a different feel. I mean, is would you say that there's a cultural uh, duck hunting in, in the s- area? Yeah, I would definitely say that it definitely is like regional to here because like I'll go and hunt middle of the state or anywhere like that and you don't like they see my boat and they're like what is like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they see the long tail they don't see surface drives a lot um i definitely say it's a cultural thing just because like you saw where we put in today you can run an outboard but when we get to the spot we're hunting outboard's useless i mean you're not getting anywhere yeah and so if you want to be quick you got to be almost as fast as an outboard but can still do that shallow water yeah so yeah definitely makes sense so uh how long have you been duck hunting uh this is going on year five of like actually locked in trying to nice do it properly i guess is the right term yeah and it was it something um, you kind of did you pick it up from friends uh, or family or so my dad always used to tell stories about you know when he was growing up with his dad they would go hunting and they did a lot more pheasant but they would duck hunt and talk about it um, and it was one of those things, I think I went on one hunt and then, uh, his dad passed away. So we kind of like hung the gun up, 
didn't really do it anymore. It was kind of his thing with him. Mm. Uh, and then growing up, I had, I mean, deer hunting here is huge. So I used to deer hunt quite a bit. Uh, yeah. And then I got tired of sitting in a stand because it's boring. Uh, so that did me in, and I found duck hunting. Yeah, It was more waterfowl, not duck hunting, I guess, but waterfowl. Um, and fell in love with it because what's more fun than hanging out and being able to actually talk with your buddies and cook yeah. breakfast and oh, yeah. still have fun doing it. Don't my have to big, be quiet. My big complaint about deer hunting is you don't spend enough money. Like there's a lot more money that you're allowed to spend in duck hunting and it's not weird. That's you know? true. And the boats are more expensive. There's all these decoys and blind bags and age yeah. frames and stuff. With deer hunting, you could just buy a nice gun and that's about it. Nice. Yeah. You get your camo, yeah. you get your tree stands. Yeah. There's money to be spent, but you can blow a lot more money without blinking in duck hunting. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Especially yeah. diving both it feet. Yeah. It almost feel, feels like with duck hunting, there's a lot more that's like required almost because yeah. it's like, I mean, how many deer decoys do you need? <laughs> I tell people all the time to, to get in, like getting into duck hunting. Like if you don't know anything, you don't know anyone, nobody's going to teach you. Nobody's going to show you spots. You don't have any equipment. Duck hunting is a way harder thing to get into than deer. That's true. Yeah. Cause deer, it's like you could, you, you don't have to have camo. I mean, it, it's yeah. pretty nice to have it, but um and yeah so bear and entries a little bit less or a lot less um with duck hunting it's like what you need a dozen decoys go get your canoe off craigslist um get the cheapest pair of fishing waders a dozen flambos did i say that i mean yeah there's a lot more components yeah. to it rod cell decoys <laughs> at least around indiana there's a lot more deer spots than duck spots yeah yeah i uh my first year didn't have a boat i was one of those guys oh, i'll just wade in the marsh Found out real quick. That's Doesn't not work, a good yeah. idea. <laughs> so uh, boat is almost a necessity around here with these marshes. At least some sort of access, canoe, whatever you got. But oh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely think you're doing pretty well for year five. I mean, you got your dog. Uh, it's an awesome dog. I, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got spoiled with that dog. That was a <laughs> uh, a buddy had a grandma that had a litter of purebred labs and picked him up. He was the last male and trained him for the first year by myself and he does all right. You close your eyes, and he usually finds the birds for you. So awesome. He's a good hunting dog, I guess. Not a trial yeah. dog, but good He's, hunting dog. He seems uh, he seems pretty well behaved. You, did you do like uh, any special training for him, or uh, a lot of talking with guys that had had dogs and try to just from a pup just get him introduced to feathers and just more. My big thing was I wanted him to be steady. I don't really care. Like, if I have to throw a rock for this dog to get a bird, don't care. I'll throw a rock all day. Um, but I don't want him breaking. And that was my big thing with him is, and that's what we worked on. Um, yeah. That's all I care about, really, is I've seen dogs that break and is dangerous. Can be dangerous, I guess. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, that was my big thing. I didn't care about training him properly. As long as he would return to hand and study, I was good. So, and it worked out so yeah. far. Did you end up having to, not to go too far down the dog training trail, did you end up having to force fetch him to read the hand or did you oh, do it yeah. pretty naturally? Uh, it was not natural, uh. no. So I had to, I watched, um, there's an old dog instructional video my buddy gave me. I don't remember what it's called now, but that's how I learned how to force fetch him and I had to do it a couple of times. And like me and Elliot, or me and Jordan were talking, he doesn't even wear an e-collar anymore. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Jordan knows you from just the last couple me, days. Did you just call me Elliot? You got too much gray in your beard. <laughs> Jordan knows I've been the called last a lot of things, but I've never been called Elliot. So You're welcome. That's the first. <laughs> All right, John. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I said I was going to say Jordan knows from the last couple of days. I just I just got a um, a black lab, 
and I think he's turn he's going to be turning one year old here in a couple of weeks. Um, but trying to do the best I can, you know, is it's harder to teach an old dog new tricks. And Jordan's got a really really good dog named Chief. Um, Jordan got when he was kind of starting. Did you get Chief when you were kind of starting out? Or did you already have him when you were starting out? No, we we started together pretty much. Okay, but Jordan, you know, trying to kind of learn from Jordan's experience and chief is a really, really, I mean, if, if there's a, a down bird and chief did not get a mark on it or we didn't get a mark on it, it's tough to see or something. It seems like nine times out of 10 chief just appears with that bird out of nowhere. So yeah. He does a really good job. Yeah. Uh, today in, in the habitat we've been hunting in, it's like a prime example. I was walking back from one and like yeah, that stuff is a struggle to find birds. in. I'm just like, how does anybody hunt without a dog oh yeah in that you know what i mean does anybody try to hunt without a dog yeah, in dude, it? you see it all the time it's crazy so like um yeah you see it i would arguably i would say there's more people that hunt without dogs here mm. than hunt with dogs if i'm being honest yeah i mean that's probably hunters in general i think is mm-hmm. i would yeah and it, you'd think with this kind of area that that have to be have to be more people not like more than average is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So if like the average is 20% in this area, maybe the average is like 40% or something. Right. Oh, definitely. I mean, you've seen firsthand, you watch and you get a good mark. And if that bird's not dead, dead, you're not finding it. Yeah. Cause you can't get a follow up shot today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, you have no follow up shot cause it's covered up. And yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a good dog with a good nose, you're kind of out of luck. Yep. But I will say that's one thing I've noticed about chief is his nose is, pretty unbelievable yeah oh yeah 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 it feels like uh with till like today we, we talked about this on the last podcast but something that was throwing us for a loop today is the amount of dead birds mm-hmm. yeah. and uh i mean it's just crazy and we talked with uh when with the dnr when we got checked and uh, we, we still never knew what it was called do you remember what the disease is called yeah, or? I didn't no i didn't really look i know they last year in this area we had something go through um Someone told me it was something to do with the blue-green algae. Mm. I don't know if that's accurate, but we had a lot of dead birds in this area last year before regular season started. Um, it looks like, to be honest, we're kind of have the same thing yeah, this year. Yeah, definitely. There's, I mean, if we're where we hunt and we found today, I'll say that I found, and by me, I mean chief, brought back to me a dozen dead teal. And like they're dead, dead. They're not no, like no, shot yeah, them like cold. Yeah, like you can feel that their their meat Bush. has recessed. Yep. the breastbone's rigid. Like, uh, yeah, and some of them like aren't. They don't have. It's like weird. Like they're not like. Some of them are rotten. Like you said, like where you grab their foot, and yep. like it like deteriorates in your hand. You're like, why did I just grab that duck? <laughs> right. And then you get uh ones where it's like I'm trying to make sure this isn't actually the the duck we shot. Yeah. And because it's it's not that rotten, you're sniffing it, and there's, right. yep. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely not the one we <laughs> right. shot today, right? So, um, but uh, with that being said, like that was throwing the scent off today for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because he'd go in there, he'd get real ducky. I'm like, oh yeah, he's on it, he's yep. on it, and here he comes with a, a dead duck, he brings it back to me, and then I'm like, you know, take it. And like he he probably thinks we're done, you know, because normally it's like we shoot a duck and he, he grabs right. it and comes yeah, back. Poor dog doesn't yeah. get it. And what? I'm like, no, chief, go go hunt. hunt. Yep. And he comes back with another one. We had one bird. He brought me like four or five dead yeah dead ducks. So it was, that's insane. I've never seen that before. Like I said, it's probably some. I I, I, don't, I don't think, think it's, I don't think it's blue green algae this year because I, I mean with dog owner I'm looking for that all the time. Yeah, because that's obviously dangerous for a dog too. 
Yeah, I didn't see anything that looked like that. Unless I didn't they're see anything. Unless they're getting into it somewhere else and then coming and feeding and dying or something. Yeah, I don't know. Because Wesson did the same thing today. We were hunting for a couple birds that we sailed and they were dead. He's bringing back dead birds and then eventually we would find ours. But yeah, it's definitely got to be hard on the dog because yeah. all he smells is duck smells. and. Well, the thing is he knows too because... And I think he's just like trying to like bring something back because he knows he's want, he wants right. me to. But if I'm standing with him and he's retrieving, like he will like sniff it and keep on going. He knows that's the Wesson, dead. Weston was one. doing that today too. I noticed if it was like near me and he could see me, he would just swim by it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this, but uh, <laughs> I think I had some question for you on it. But um, yeah. Now, let's go ahead, and I guess let's jump to um, the dove hunt from yesterday. That's where we kind of left up on left okay. off on our updates. So, sorry, listeners, if I didn't finish up on that thought. I don't remember what we're talking about. But let's go ahead and jump to hunt updates. Um, but, yeah, we had an awesome, I mean, the the best dove hunt that I've ever been on, probably. That, the best dove hunt I've even heard of. I was going to say, yeah. that was, it was pretty nuts yesterday. One, yeah, like one of the best dove hunts, like, you could you could hope for so yeah um yeah we got done with the dove or the the teal hunt in the morning we came back i'm swap swapping um out memory cards and downloading files and uh, charging batteries and doing all that like as quick as we could and we sat down and recorded the hunt update one well you guys went out and got to the dove field uh, yeah. a little bit for us so yeah, after lunch we uh we were gonna wait for you guys and we we're like well if we sit around and wait we're gonna fall asleep so <laughs> we decided to head on out there and it was definitely the right decision yeah because uh, yeah so we got out there about four thirty, and you guys got out there it was about 2 two fifteen, something like that yeah and so um i think i text you yep. when we got there yep. and uh oh no i called you i called you on the phone and first thing you say i'm like i'm like yo what's up and you're like uh you said hunter just shot his first band yep yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we were sitting up there, and literally, as you called, he had just shot in it and just gotten the burn in his hand. And, uh, yeah, it was his first dove hunt ever. He'd never been on a dove hunt, and he uh, shot a band. He just texted us right before we got on that it was actually banded where we shot it, but it's still his first band he's ever shot for duck, dove, goose, anything. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So that just added to the magic of the hunt. Yeah, that's super cool. I've never... Um been on a hunt where someone got one we weren't quite there yet we were walking in when he shot it but uh super cool to see that and um yeah that'd be that'd be cool that'd be a cool one to get i've i've not had a dove band myself yet i haven't i've never seen one before yeah so that was a first that was pretty cool yeah devin has one he's yeah. our other buddy that was on the podcast on the first podcast but none of us have so <laughs> but yeah so go ahead kind of give us uh the lowdown and on on uh how it started yeah so i didn't really scout dove at all i was focused on the teal but i had a couple of buddies that they're big into the dove hunting and so they took us to a field and they had showed us i don't know if you saw the picture from that morning hunt of the dove but uh no i didn't they had a group out there that absolutely laid waste to them yeah. in this field and i think they shot like some ridiculous like 125 birds or something like that mm. like Huge group went out and partied hunt, and he's like, hey, we got to get to this field. They're all over. In my head, I'm thinking, great. We missed out on 125 birds. This is going to be great. We're going to watch nothing. Yeah. Uh, was not the case. We got out to this field, and from the minute we got out there at 
it was just doves were showing up. So, and then we finally, we moved after a couple guys left. They had limited out. We moved to their spot and it was, it was on. Yep. So I think you guys were about two hours behind us, like you said. And yeah, when you guys pulled in, Hunter shot his banded one for his last bird. Yeah. You said you were, I think you said you were like six or seven away. Yeah. From, from four man, the four man time. Yeah. So we got out there and, and they finished up. Then we kind of moved towards your spot. We started out just kind of spread out but like that corner was just the hot spot yeah i don't know what it was they just they were pitching out of those trees and they were right on us so yeah and devin devin did pretty good kind of stay in the middle and he he was popping them and then me and john came down there and there was like a streak where i think i hit like six or seven in a row like just one shot it was like and i was on but (laughs) we were actually talking about so you guys started like you said down away from us and we were just finishing up. We had a couple more to shoot, and we were watching you guys shoot. And there was comments made like, "Man, these Indiana guys don't miss. They just everything you guys were shooting was falling out of the air." Um, <laughs> and then you guys looked over and saw me, and you're like, "Yep, there they are. <laughs> That's the Indiana." But no, you guys, you guys, see. this whole weekend so far have just been lights out shooting for the most part. It's it's kind of cool to watch. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I feel like maybe you you missed some of the rustier moments, yeah, but it does not feel that way. <laughs> I mean, there's only been a couple spots teal hunting where it's kind of fun to watch, but for the most part, if birds were coming into you guys the last two days, it's been at least something's getting knocked. Yeah. I mean, well, and we talked about that in the first one. Like we started off, I think we all started off a little rusty. Maybe, maybe Devin was kind of on, but me and John started off rusty. And then by the time we moved over kind of um, to other spot behind you when you're probably watching those birds come in i do think we were like on the money we're, yeah. we're starting I mean, to drop there, shots there so. wasn't a lot of missed doves i mean yeah yeah they gave you guys an opportunity and you took full advantage of them that's for sure oh yeah so we ended up with the group uh 96 doves so i do not know that i will ever uh beat that, that was number. after the 125 just to be clear yeah in, in the, the same in field, the same in, field. Same in field. the same spot that's a little rusty but that's 221 birds recovered <laughs> from one public land spot just between the two groups and there was in other groups two there. groups in one day that's, that's insane yeah you know, yeah it was uh bobby gave us the lowdown he told us that the doves were thick there and apparently they were because yeah. they're definitely pretty thick there oh yeah so um now change gears a little bit talk about teal or actually, let's let's do this. Something that I've done um, a lot of years, and I do it probably multiple times, but kind of lessons learned from the opener. So I'm putting you guys on the spot because you had no idea that I was going to ask you any lessons learned from the opener. So, um, and I'll I'll start off with it, and we can kind of just we'll just go back and forth until we run out of, of things we kind of learned. But um, you know, one thing I'll say is um, we kind of talked about, and this this will lead into. Uh, the, the second day we talk about that, but, um, and <laughs> Tim, you thought we would shoot about the same amount of birds on day two. Yep. And Devin was kind of the same camp. And then me and John were more pessimistic. I would say about it. Like not that we weren't going to have a good hunt. And like, I, I was totally like totally awesome hunt today. Right. Yep. Uh, even, but we, we didn't shoot a six man limit. So <laughs> right. this is like, but, uh, but the number of birds we saw, once we got done, um, like on a normal scout, you might think that you're going to do really good the next day, right? Right. So, um, so I, uh, we we didn't have that happen. So I, I guess I'd say my lesson learned is kind of almost like something that I already knew, but it's just like a refresher on it. It's like 
Uh, if you go in guns a blazing on an opener the second day, you're, you're not gonna the the numbers aren't gonna hold. Even if you see the birds, it's like they're getting shot up. And I don't know what it is. Like if birds are followers, and some of the ones that got educated like peel off somewhere else, and they have other ducks that follow them, or what exactly it is. But um, the spots never as good. The ducks the gotta have day. a line of communication when they're just roosting. They're telling each other, "Don't yeah. fly over there." Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But Seems like it. I don't know. It's it's crazy how fast birds get educated. I mean, I don't know if educated is the right word because we obviously still had birds sure. flying that same exact line they were flying the day That's before. Right. And we just happened to be there. But they're definitely cautious, I guess is the right word. They're definitely way more cautious than they were on the opener. Um, yeah. They were coming in with reckless abandon in the opener. And it was definitely a little more cautious today. Can you kind of compare that to like previous year's opener? You, I mean, this is the first time we've ever done this, but you've got a lot to compare it to. Um, is this a normal number of birds? or We're, yeah. I mean, the opener, we had a lot of birds here, but those were mostly like we talked about. Those are, they've been here for a while. It's not like they're new birds that just showed up. They've, they've been sitting here and hanging out. So you were saying earlier, you don't feel like the teal migration has arrived no, we here haven't, yet. Like, no, when we'll get into a spurt here. My guess is it's, to be honest, we might catch it on Sunday, Monday, if this wind picks up like it's supposed to, uh, where we can go to the same exact spot with three boats full of dudes and shoot birds in the same spot for four days, just because every day there's new birds. And clearly today we didn't have new birds. Like you could tell they'd been here and they were, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. So you guys got any lessons you want to add to the list? I've got a hundred. Or did you just like not learn anything from Uh, our hunt? (laughs) I mean, I, I guess it's not just from this hunt, but... I'm sure our group's all aware is you got to be aware who's sitting there, even if they're not shooting. You got to be aware. Oh, sorry. I guess my phone is connected. (laughs) All right, continue on. Uh, You got to be aware of just who's watching. I mean, we saw it yesterday. There was a group just above us or just down from (laughs) us. They didn't shoot a single bird, but they stayed there the entire time we were there. And coming back to the ramp, Bobby even said, hey, they're going to try to take that spot from us. When you watch a group shoot six-man limit and you just hang out the whole time, there's probably a good, pretty good chance they're coming. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of knew that. And unfortunately, public land, it doesn't matter if you beat them there or not. They're going to they're gonna hunt there. And we found that out today. So oh, yeah. it is what it is. But that's definitely a lesson that, like, yeah, just be aware, I guess. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's a good lesson to learn, but it, it's it's, it's something, something hard. To put in the memory bank. It's something hard because uh, uh, like what's the real solution to it? I mean, the solution was midnight run and yeah, it, midnight it, run. it didn't matter. You were there first. <laughs> yep. And they still set up, you know, what? 100 150, 170 yeah. if that. Yeah. 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 But right along that flight path. I mean, there's a lot of birds that had to come past them to get to us, so mm-hmm. you know. You could tell they were just acting different today. They weren't Yeah. dive bombing in. They were staying high. Yeah. But you got you got something, John? I mean, there there was a ton. So I think we I, I maybe mentioned in the podcast yesterday that I've shot teal before during early goose just because the seasons line up in Indiana. But I've never gone and actually targeted teal before. Like I, in my opinion, Indiana mm-hmm. just doesn't have at least in the spots that I have access to. I've never seen enough. No, teal we don't to have plan. We don't have a migration like this. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there was a ton. I mean, just learning about the birds in general and what things they like. I mean, it seemed like. At least early this morning, there was a couple groups that were way more responsive to like spinning wing decoys than I feel like mallards are, especially later in the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a ton. There was I was I was amazed at 
how many birds you just absolutely crumpled out of the air at 30 yards that should have been dead before they hit the water. And you see the stinking leaf that they hit on their way down and you mark it. One guy will go, you know, one guy looks at that leaf and doesn't lose track of it. The other guy goes and gets it or the dog goes over there and the bird's not there. Like they're obviously hitting the water and swimming. And there was a, I mean, we, we lost a couple over the last couple of days, but I mean, overall that's super frustrating, but at the end yeah. of the day, it's kind of what, you know, what can you do besides jump out of the boat as fast as you can and run to that spot you saw so. yeah yeah we yeah we did our best like i said with that and, and hunting this different different vegetation too um kind of threw us for a loop the dead bird threw us for a loop um and then you know i think the lesson on that is like uh to to try to be selective in a way that when the birds fall they're not going to fall in the american lotus because that it, stuff is yeah, impossible it, it was funny you bring that up because us iowa guys that were hunting with you i think it was as soon as we moved from our starting spot yesterday and we moved on the other side of the hole where the birds wanted to be, yeah, uh, I don't know who it was. One of you guys turned around and shot, and it sailed, and the first thing out of their mouth was, that's not going to be an easy one to find. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's Devin, I think. <laughs> as, as we hunt here, like, we know that, hey, if it's over there, like, yeah, it's killable, but, eh, right. yeah, do I really want to trek through that with my dog to go get it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just coming from knowing the terrain, like sure, yeah, and that's that's kind of we made a we made a move and then we removed again yep. to be on the grass mat right. instead of yeah, being you, in the. You guys realize really quick, like oh, this is no fun to find yeah, birds in. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So um, even even if you're you know you, you're trucking through it and it it was like to even keep your line, like if you have a line on it, like there's a, there's a few things. So you you can't keep your line on it because you can't see your line anymore because. Correct. The American lotus is like it's taller than you. That's the that's the correct name for the plant, right? I think so. I don't know. Okay. We call it all kinds of different things around here. What do you call it? What's the uh, local name? So I call them arrowheads if they're not all the way sprout. Some people call them green beans. Like, well, the arrowheads are the the ones, the that great are, big ones. They're shaped like arrowheads, though. Yeah. So I don't know. There's all kinds of names that people are calling. Them. Green bean seems to be a common one to call it. The one with like the it has the plant on top. Oh, we just call those lily pads, but I don't know what that plant is on top. The plant, it was, that's the, okay, well, I, maybe I should look it up, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Are you talking about like Did the Did you know one? that those are, et- those are edible? I'm not eating that. <laughs> Fact check. John did. Fact check here. Edible does not mean like they taste good. They just means that they won't kill you if you eat them. I think there's Wait, some nutritional did you value. you eat it today? I ate it one, ye- I think one yesterday and one today. Well, Elliot has a video of him cooking them up. And eating them we're, on one of us. You hunts. guys must have been away from us when this happened. It was like, you know, eating, yeah, we were. It's like eating a cotton ball. Like just save, <laughs> you, save nature. Ate, just leave it in nature and go home and just put a cotton ball <laughs> in your mouth. It's the same thing. You ate one that was like like green and like new. You have to get one that's wait, more ripe. Wait, wait, time out. Are we eating the yellow things or the pods that are sticking? The pods. Up? The, you the take little, the the things that. Okay, have you taken them apart? They look like cotton. Why would you put that in your mouth? Like, <laughs> you know those, those little bean things. Yeah, oh, the actual bean. Yeah, so you pull yeah, it apart, yeah, yeah. take the little bean thing out. It's like a nut. You ate that? I ate yeah. that. Yep. All right. Well, that's a first. <laughs> yep. So if you ever if you ever in the, are in the duck marsh and you think, you know what would taste really good right now? A cotton ball. I, <laughs> God produces them for you right there. Okay. So you just reach out and grab one. I am positive I'm in the marsh, and that's my last source of food. I'll starve. Like, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So kind of finishing up on that. I think we left that one hanging. But, um, yeah. So it's really hard to get through that stuff uh, and keep your line. Um, and then the other thing, like you can lose your dog in it. 
Oh, absolutely. Like I couldn't even find Chief and uh, ran into an issue. Like his e collar wasn't working. And when he's in that stuff, the water splashing, and he's far off away, um, like he can't hear me. So I'm like calling for him, and like he can't figure out how to get back. Yep. So it's like that's almost a little scary. He like, was gone for a while yesterday. I had to try. I had to run him down because he will not give up on a bird. Like if he's looking for a bird. Like he won't come back. He'll just be like, "Nah, I'm I'm just I'm gonna good. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna keep walking around yep. indefinitely." I'm like, "Well, now you're like 50 yards away from where it even fell. Like you're not in the right place. You can't see me at all. You can't hear me, and I don't have a knee collar to shock you." Like, yep. So, yeah, yeah. That's uh, luckily I'm spoiled with my dog. I don't know what it is about that. Unless it's open water and he can see the bird the entire time. He, he'll put his nose down and go get that bird, and it doesn't matter if it's swimming. He'll go get it, which in the river comes into be a problem also. Yep. But in that stuff, I can call my dog off, and I think it's just because he hunts in it enough that if I call him off, he realizes that he probably shouldn't be going after that bird, and I get lucky. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely an issue for you. I can definitely see that. Like, <laughs> yeah, You can't see your dog. You can't see the tail. You can't see no- – I mean – Yep. It was funny today. You guys were kind of sitting away from us today, just kind of like how we ended yesterday. And uh, I think it was one of the last birds you guys shot. It, like, sailed right in front of you guys. And Chief, I mean, immediately jumped off the boat to go grab it. The only thing I could see of him was his tail just wagging back and forth. That's that's the only place we knew where Chief was. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, if you're not used to hunting this kind of stuff, it's it's eye-opening, I guess is the right term. Definitely. Yeah. different. That was definitely a lesson that we talked about yesterday a little bit was just the – I mean, having long tail versus outboard versus surface drive, you know, long tail and surface drive do okay in that stuff. But like you say, I've got an outboard, which is good for 95% of spots in Indiana that we can get to. In fact, I mean, it's relatively efficient horsepower wise. I mean, I have a 20 horse long tail or surface drive. You're losing a lot of power compared to an outboard. So it works well for Indiana. But that spot that we went to today would have been literally unhuntable for me if I had tried to bring my boat here yeah, you're gonna be and doing do that a lot same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because what we do in Indiana is just like we have a bunch of lakes that are like set up for our, for like public land fishing and like boating. It's like they're not set up for right. duck hunting. It's not duck hunting habitat. I was so. gonna say yeah, these are strictly like people do fish in them in the summer. Don't get me wrong, but it's sure. not that overgrown. But yeah, these are strictly like you're in it's, there to it, duck. Yes, yeah, yeah. this is this is duck. This yeah, is exactly duck, duck land right here. So. Um, and like we had talked about before, surface drives are great because they go fast and. You can be on plane and you can you can haul the mail in them. It's great, but this I mean, you get in these shallow waters and you have no propulsion. You guys have seen it driving my boat around enough that you sit there and just spin the prop. I mean, yeah, where that's where long tails do come in handy. They kind of push through that stuff a little bit better. They're a little cheaper too. Yeah, <laughs> very true. It's a more it's less glorified lawnmower, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you guys. It was funny. Yesterday, I gave you guys my boat, and I was like, hey, have you guys ever ran a surface drive? No, never. All right, figure it out. Like, yeah, all three of you, us have drove it now. See you guys later. So that's, yeah. But, also, honestly, like, you know, we, that's awesome to, to have that experience, you know, in, in, the, yeah. it's in cool. the tool belt. Like, yeah, it's they're cool motors. Like, just the design of them. Um, they basically took the good parts of an outboard and said, eh, we don't need it to make it water-cooled. Yeah. So they're cool. Yeah. All right, I'll add one more one more le- final lesson learned from from that, and then uh, we can move on to talk about today's hunt. But um, yeah, so the last lesson I'll say is uh, you know every every 
time you're hunting, anytime you're in the marsh, everything's a scout. And we kind of got to the end. And one thing that we noticed was the bird's flight line along that back, um, that back cut of that tall grass. And so that's kind of how we decided to hunt, you know, (laughs) it might've been smart at the time to pin something on, on X. Oh, you mean traveling in the dark is not, not good (laughs) because I knew exactly where it was. And then like, um, but I didn't pin it. I didn't mark it. And then you look at the map. It's like, well, how accurate is that compared to like what the vegetation looks like now? Right. And so then we're like literally driving. I'm driving the boat and I have John and Devin and uh, they're just like we're back and forth just arguing about where to go. And I think none of us actually had in mind exactly the same spot that we wanted to hunt. Um, and then so like we're arguing like which direction to go. Well, I'm trying to go a completely different direction than yeah. they're going, and we don't even realize that we're talking about different points. But yeah, we definitely that should was have marked one of something. the best things about this morning before we even hunted was so I'm sitting with my Iowa boys <laughs> and we're watching you guys and you're in my boat and so surface drives have the rev limit or whatever and it got hit a couple times like oh they gotta be on grass mats like not um, a big deal. And, and to, to to make a point of that, like long tails don't, and that's yeah, right. what I drive. I drive my long tail all the time. So you're bouncing it off the rev limiter, and I'm looking at Bobby. He's like, "Good thing I got that forty horse because it's probably not going to blow up." And then uh, all of a sudden, I turn around and I look at you guys, and you guys, I mean, you are in there. You're in. <laughs> I mean, you are. And so I turn around. I was like, "I don't think they wanted to go that far." And Hunter looks at me and he goes, "How far are they?" I was like, "They're about ready to get in some stuff here. Like they're not going to be able to move, but." I mean, you well, guys we got are, in it. The yeah. best thing is you we called me. You called me like, "Hey, can you stand up and give me a reference where you guys are at so we can be there from yesterday?" I was like, "You ain't there." Oh, like, you <laughs> you called first actually. You said, "Hey, oh, no, yeah. don't bounce it off that yeah, rev." Thank off the God reveler. you did. Thank you for that. Because we, yeah, yeah I, didn't I didn't even know if, if I didn't know if you were going to hear the phone. I was like, "I'm just going to give him a ring." Like it's not a huge deal, but hey, let's not hang out up there because you were hanging there for a little bit. I was like, "That's probably not good for that thing," but yeah, yeah it all worked out. I wish we could have had a video camera in their boat watching us miss our pin. By what a hundred? Oh, you were no, no, because I no, because remember I was trying to go to a different spot. That's he true. wanted to go back into that cut. Yeah, I wanted to go where the teal were landing today. today? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was almost there. You can watch where a path went, and like in the dark we couldn't tell. Right, and like we were running out of time. And like honestly, I'm famous for doing that. This. Was like, that was brought up like three times this morning when you guys were like back there. A couple of guys were like, "Man, they better turn that motor off. We got like 28 minutes so we yeah. can shoot." Yeah, I get, I bite off more than I I can chew a lot. Like I'll I'll be doing stupid, like, trying to go something stupid, right. like and uh, going through stuff that nobody really wants to, and and we had to get out and push. And I'm like, I put us in kind of a, a little bit of a pickle, to be honest. Your phone call was great. You're like, hey, can you stand up and shine a light so we can get a reference where you guys are? <laughs> and Hunter stands up and he goes, oh, we missed it, like <laughs> yeah. so far. Yeah. So yeah, we ended up getting in and in there in time but every scout you know uh every time you hunt it's a scout and every time you're doing anything in the marsh is a scout absolutely and so that that was able to put us in kind of a decent spot today um you guys were you know obviously in a good spot too so (laughs) yeah we uh we kind of sat in the same spot we finished the day yesterday um we just we we started in the exact same spot we were yesterday and the good thing slash bad thing about mud motors is they leave a trail where you were. So uh, all that hide we had was basically just gone. Yeah. Because we had gone in and out of it so many times, picking up dead birds. Oh, yeah. So we uh, we found out real quick, we got to push back a little farther in the lilies. Otherwise, we're not shooting anything today. And as soon as we did that, we started having birds finish again. Yeah. But uh, and I'll say one noticeable thing 
you know, from the hunt today um, compared to yesterday is uh, that um, that the teal were way more responsive to the call, which was awesome to see that, you know, they'd go, be go flying by. Yesterday, if they're flying by, there, there's nothing we could do to change their mind. They, they're just Yeah, they could care less yeah. that we were over there, but, <laughs> realistically. But today, it's like you hit that call, and, like, we had whole flocks bank turn, yep. like, literally 90 degrees yeah, on the wing. Yeah, they'd fly by, you guys would hammer them, and all of a sudden, you watch the entire flock turn. And that, I think, arguably, that's the coolest thing about teal season. I love like, that, It's yeah. fun watching them decoy, but when you turn a whole flock, it's just... All you yeah. see is either bellies or patches. That's it's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to Polk pattern calls too, because the teal calls that's that we're I using. I didn't even know you had that. That's what I got on my lane. Do you too? too? Yeah, awesome. I do. Yeah, so that's the best teal call I agree. I've ever heard. Hundred percent. Teal calls and whistles. So he's he's. Uh, I, I think he's getting really well known for that. So I didn't. So I heard you blowing it yesterday, and I didn't say anything or whatever. But I was like, man, that sounds pretty good. It sounds like mine a little bit. <laughs> and then I heard you today, and I was like, man, that's sounding good. And it's funny you bring that yeah. up because we literally have the same call then. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah, he does a great job with the blue wing teal call. It's it's not even arguably it is the best sound I've ever heard out of a teal call. I mean, oh yeah, we've all bought those. It was teal turning calls. them today. I'll yep. tell you that. So. We've all bought those blue wing teal calls that you like blowing it, and they're like looking at you like that's not nope, that's not <laughs> it. Like, but no, they, it was really cool. You guys had a couple flocks where. They literally turned and came. I mean, you got a video of it today. Of you turned three of them, and they came right back to your spinner. Yep. And you dumped all three. It was so cool to watch. Yeah. So even though we didn't shoot the numbers of yesterday, I mean, it was fulfilling to have um, some of those things. Like I said, like try, like when you see the birds doing a certain thing, and then you you move into position, and then we're able to call some in. Um, like it was just fulfilling all, a lot of those things on the hunt today. So it was definitely definitely a fun hunt. Good thing when we dumped that triple, Jordan remembered to turn his shot cam on, right, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I think what happened was I turned it on, and then I couldn't remember if I turned it on, and I just I pushed it again, and it, I turned it off. So I don't know. But yeah. Apology Good. not accepted. <laughs> at least no, <laughs> no shot cam. At least yeah. a camera yeah. caught it because he showed me the footage a little bit ago. And yeah, at least I have two other cameras. <laughs> yeah, it it still looks really cool. I mean, you guys. That's awesome. Oh, you guys haven't seen it yet, but no. Glad I picked it up though. It so was. It was uh, oh yeah. That was pretty cool. You guys, I mean, we were actually talking about it when we were watching that film. And this whole week, you guys are like, I wish people would watch how you guys shoot. Because, I mean, definition of shooting your lane, we watch birds drop at each buzz. I mean, you know who's shooting, you know what I mean? So it's kind of cool to see that. You guys been killing the teal. I mean, it's cool. Awesome. I think we have done an unusually good job of that. That's usually one of the things that if I'm hunting with other people, we struggle a lot with is – Birds, birds will come in. There's three that are obviously two feet closer than all the rest, and all ten guys shoot at those three birds instead. Yeah. You know, so those three get hammered and the rest fly away. Mm-hmm. And ten guys down three birds. Yeah, I mean, I've been guilty of that in the past, and um, you know, I get to hyperanalyze everything I do because I watch it back on replay. So, right. So I've over the years I've I've corrected that mistake in myself. But I yeah. think that's a great thing about the shot cam, though, is. Not only can you see, okay, if you do miss, where you're missing, but you also get to see, oh, probably wasn't my bird to shoot there, but oh, what? you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But he was banded. So right, exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's one thing that we've definitely noticed from you guys is you shoot well, and for the most part, the flocks that are coming in, it's not all in one area they're dropping. They're dropping throughout the flock, so it's kind of cool to watch. Awesome. So. Yeah. Well, so we ended the day with, what was it, 16 or 17 in the Seven, group? 17. 17 in the group. So that was uh, another fun one for sure. So, yeah. Oh, and uh, I will mention it right here. Hunt stats, guys. 
Um, I'm putting in all of my stuff on Henstats. I think Tim, you're gonna you've been I, doing it. I have been doing it. And I got to get a hold of Elliot so I can get uh, my uh, account linked with my yep. Patreon account. And oh yeah, I'll be entering those probably tonight from yesterday and today. Awesome. Oh, we do have a Dove stat in there too. So yeah, I'm gonna throw that. Yeah, in there the too. Dove leaderboard's new. So um, uh, if we would have had a good hunt today, maybe <laughs> right. we, we could have continued that. But yeah, that was um, rough. Yeah, so you guys all know that. We have the app. We have some updates on there with the hunt stats. So check it out on the phone. And right here at the beginning of the season is a perfect time to to start tracking and journaling all your hunts, weather, uh, harvest number. You can look at the whole year and be like, hey, for this season, I've harvested 27 mallards. 20 of them are drakes. Seven of them are hens or whatever. It, it shows you all the stats, which is really cool to have that uh, that that top view from the whole season, seeing all your stats. The weather is a big thing on there. It's just, it's awesome to be able to go back and just see, Hey, yeah. it was sunny, but no wind or, Hey, it was windy and cloudy. And this is what we did. Yeah. And you can filter it down too to, yep. to um, only show the sunny hunts or, or, and only show the cloudy hunts. So you can kind of compare from your whole season and see um, on which days, what weather affected it. The number one stat, you know, just for you guys that uh, might not know is the number one indicator of, uh, having the most birds killed in the hunt that I found in the filters is a snowy day. So if you put snow in your filter, your bird number per hunt is going to be the highest. Mm. So, all right. Well, um, I will mention too, we went on a dove hunt today that, uh, <laughs> it was nothing like the first one. So it was a sky watching hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know how do, how do, what did I say? 221. Was it 125 plus 96? 221 birds get killed in in a field in one day. Night comes around. We go there the next day after the morning hunt, and we shoot zero. Yeah. Not not only shoot zero, we saw like seven. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they just weren't there. Like... Yeah, it was weird. That was nuts. To me. Uh, maybe it's not weird. It's kind of like apparently the population of that field was two hundred and thirty, so yeah. we wiped yeah. it out. And there's <laughs> yeah, there's six left. Oh yeah. Well, I think that's probably a good place to go ahead and wrap this one up. But Tim, thanks for jumping on this podcast. It's been awesome having you on here and uh, getting to hang out with you. Appreciate you kind of extending the invite out here and and hunting the mighty Mississippi. So yeah, it's been fun. We got a couple more days. Hopefully, we can get back on the teal. Maybe some geese, something. For sure. So, yeah, it's been fun having you guys. It's it's a lot of fun for us watching you guys, too, because, like we've talked about, it's a totally different atmosphere from what you guys are used to. And yep. So it's fun to hear that personality and kind of see that perspective also. Um, yeah, it makes us feel a little bit luckier, I guess. <laughs> Does it make you want to drive four and a half hours to Indiana? I'm definitely down to go to Indiana <laughs> at some point. I'll go shoot some geese with you guys. Yeah, so. oh, good deal. Awesome. All right, folks, I'm Jordan from Deccan Chronicles, Tim from the Mississippi River, (laughs) and John, and we'll see you guys on the next one.